You are listening to Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM, WGGTLP, Philadelphia, and online at gtownradio.com. And welcome to the Germantown Info Hub Hour with your host, Malaka and Rashid. Good evening and happy Black History Month again to our neighbors and listeners. Coming to you live from the 215 here in Germantown, you are listening to the award-winning Info Hub Hour with Rashid Jamu, a.k.a. Philly's Freedom John. And I'm Maleka Fruin. I live here in Germantown with my family. The Germantown Info Hub Radio Hour is all about news and engagement in Germantown. You can check out what's going on by visiting our website at germantowninfohub.org. Let's get to our show. You know, I've been thinking about housing, new development everywhere, and what that means for neighbors here in Germantown. What comes to mind for you? For you, Rashi, when you see new development projects everywhere, I think about storage units. <laughs> um, I know so there many. was one built okay across the street from the McDonald's on Shelton Avenue, and I always feel awkward looking at them, knowing about the amounts of displacement happening in the neighborhood and around the city, because that feels very counterproductive. But I also think about the Germantown YWCA and Germantown High School, and those are just two places that neighbors have continuously. Um, fought for to have a community beneficial purpose while maintaining the heart, soul, and culture of the neighborhood. You know, that definitely sounds like what I'm hearing from other folks as well. Today, we have two organizers joining us from the Housing Committee of Great, Germantown Residents for Economic Alternatives Together, a neighborhood organization. This committee also wants to know more about how, as a neighborhood, we can affect change in the development process. So they started a learning circle. Welcome, Lindsay Stolke and Anthony Webb. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. So your learning circle is going to start soon. Can you tell us just a little bit about this. What kind of questions are you exploring? Web, do you want to start? Yeah, one of the reasons we um, thought about having a learning circle is because of all the development that that has happened around us. And we wanted to get in, we wanted to see where we could get involved at, where citizens have the most power at. It seems that if you're not sitting at the table, we have, we have all these projects coming up, but it's too late then, okay? So where, where, do, where as citizens, do we have the most power? So Learning Circle's idea came up out of that, 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 that dilemma, like where can we put most of our effort forward? And so we decided to look at some articles using a group approach to educate ourselves about what's happening around. Do you want to add to that, Lindsay? Uh, yeah, I'll add to that. Um, I think part of the motivation, too, is that some of us on the housing committee had um, the experience of trying to be part of the development process for different projects in the neighborhood, um, coming from the community voice side, and experienced um, a lot of frustration, to say the least. Um, the meeting where we decided we were going to do this learning circle came right after that YWCA meeting 
which was maybe about two months ago. So that was kind of fresh on our minds. And there was a lot of um, tension in that meeting. It seemed like there had been a lot of effort to organize it. But when the meeting happened, um, I don't know what you know effectively came out of it. And I think some of us had felt that similar experience um, many other times when trying to participate or you know just observing people trying to get the community voice in the process. And so, um, yeah, we wanted to understand like how can the community participate effectively? Like where do we fit in? Um, and like what kind of process would be useful? Cause it kind of seems like what we've been doing isn't working that well. Um, so our learning circle is about kind of studying, learning from what other groups or communities have done and trying to kind of pull some things from that that we can maybe try ourselves or like, you know, figure out how to tailor it to our community or our situations. Um, so yeah, the learning circle is meant to help us kind of know how we can act going forward. Right. Now that meeting for the Germantown YWCA, that was that was covered a lot in the media. It was covered in multiple articles. Rashid, you know what I'm talking about. And um, it it did seem there was a lot of people that said that it was very intense, but yet it didn't seem like it was very effective, like you, you like you said. And I and I wonder, um, that's actually one of the things that I thought was really interesting about the learning circle. When I was brainstorming with y'all um, about different questions, one of the questions that we had was around process. And are there examples of how people actually got to be part of the developers' visions in their own neighborhoods? We have, a, I think we have one uh, article that there was a community in South Philly that we're going to research about how, how they were um, involved in the process, the, the proposal process very successfully. So there are um, organizations that have been somewhat successful, okay? But no one, this is a big city. South Philly does South Philly. Germantown does Germantown. And there's, there's a lack of talking about the process. And to see, so our, our purpose, just to get educated in terms and people in offices so that we don't go to these meetings without our own armor, uh, our own information sources. And basically being better prepared as you go to these different meetings. And I remember y'all saying like one of the things that you were interested in is going to different zoning meetings and things like that, using some of the skills that you were thinking about in and exploring in the learning circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, well, I was thinking maybe I should kind of just say a little more first about what learning circle even means to us, because that's kind of a um, a tool that as a group in great that we've uh, used over and over again. And um, so I'll just kind of say briefly, like the learning circle typically for us is um, like a, a few months of a learning process where a small group of people between probably six to 10 people um, commit to learning about something together. Um, typically we meet maybe twice a month for an hour, two hours. 
Um, and we start out at the beginning having a list of like things that we're going to read or that we're going to watch. Um, and then so when we get together, we just have a discussion about those things. Um, this might be the first learning circle where there's like a real specific purpose to it, like where we're trying to come out of it having like we're, I think we're hoping to create like a strategy after this for how we can better approach um, development stuff in the community to be uh, part of it and have the community's voice heard and to advocate for um, development without displacement. So there's like a clear reason why we want to learn what we want to learn is so that we can get there. Um, but now I forgot what the question was, Maleka. <laughs> It's totally fine because it's actually helpful that you went right back to the that basic just structure of the learning circle and uh, just thinking about like different um, the different ways that you have to start with uh, with knowledge, with examples of solutions before you could even get to the different action steps you need to take. But I do find it interesting that this is the first one that you said is specifically um, in response to things that you want to do by action. So here, here's what I want to um, know. How do you think, both of you, that the learning circle can lead towards some of these action steps? I think by just having knowledge, knowledge is the key to open a lot of doors. If you go to a meeting and you don't know what they're talking about, are they using certain terms or it's the wrong meeting, you know, you look at, you look at what happened over the, at, um, at Germadon High, okay, the, the people were so in a hurry to get that um, designated as a historical site, right. they, didn't, they didn't realize that when you, once you do that, develop the developer doesn't have to listen to you anymore, okay? So that's what it became up. They got the designation, and that stopped the building from coming down, but they lost power in the whole thing, okay? Because the developer had leeway now, and they, and, and they, did, they don't, didn't have to listen to the, um, the, the residents anymore. So if you had known that knowledge beforehand, maybe that what you had you might have did a different strategy. Hmm. Yeah, and I think the um, the learning circle process for us, it sort of um, gives like a, it gets the conversation going, like it gives us something to talk about. And so we can look at both what works and what doesn't work, and we can kind of bring our own experience into it. Um, so I think a lot comes out of just people getting together and talking about something when they have like a shared intention of what they're trying to accomplish. Um, so yeah, having, you know, like our learning circle isn't that intense. It's not like we're reading long books or anything. It's like each meeting, we're just going to have read one little article. Um, like we're reading stuff from WHYY, or I think there might be some info hub articles even. So it's like short readings, but it will bring up um, a lot of thoughts for people, I think. And so out of the conversation, I think we'll, you know, we'll learn from what's happening, what works, what doesn't. And we'll also start to kind of generate our own ideas too, that maybe we can um, apply. And, and the whole thing is, it's like a very kind of collaborative, horizontal type of 
thing. Like we, as a committee developed this learning circle together, we all just kind of um, threw in some links to articles or um, PowerPoint presentations, just whatever we had, we all contributed something. Um, so none of us really have the answers, but we're all like equally interested, I think, in learning what some solutions are. And we all kind of are contributing questions and that's how we'll run each meeting is that everyone brings some questions to the table. Um, and then we just have a conversation and see what comes out of it. Um, and yeah, so it is, it's both like, where do we fit into the process with the developer? And then Webb bringing up Germantown High School made me think of kind of another layer of this, which is that even like on the community side, a lot of the time there's not agreement. Um, and so that's kind of another issue, I think. Um, like with yes. Germantown High School, there was a whole coalition of people that were putting in a ton of time and effort um, to try to advocate for something that would be good for the community. Um, but there was a lot of tension within that coalition. And I don't really even know where things left off or where they are, um, but I know the process even just on the community side, separate from the developer was disheartening. So like that part too is something that maybe needs some new strategies or something. Yeah, I mean, Germantown's a big neighborhood, lots of different opinions, lots of different perspectives, and uh, not everyone's going to see eye to eye. And how does a neighborhood work together to have a, a, a community that's as inclusive as they as as possible while all this new development is happening. That I mean that is that is a big question. And um now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> where was I going? Really good question. Um well I mean I, I don't know where you were going, but I can ask a question while you while you gather that. I'm going to <laughs> um how does it feel? Like, how does it feel? Because this work is really, really important, right? And it's not just, a lot of times I'm thinking about when you were talking about going to the meetings and people always going to different meetings and you get all these different calls and signals to come out to things and people don't know. And they get there and they're sitting there with a blank face while people are just talking around them, right? Talking in circles, talking with big words that people don't know, right? And so what you guys are basically essentially doing is giving people that language, giving people like, it's an, it's a thing of accessibility. You are making the knowledge and the information accessible and that can be weighty. It can be anxiety ridden. It can also be exciting. So how does that feel? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, it, I think a lot of it is language and accessibility kind of stuff and just understanding the process. But I also think it's, I think there might be something off with the process. Um, like there's so much of this meeting format where people just kind of take turns like coming up to the microphone and they say their monologue. Um, sometimes it's an idea and it's like, you know, something maybe trying to be productive. Sometimes it's just a complaint, but there's not really like a dialogue that happens during those meetings. It's just very one-sided. Um, and so it's like the people on the receiving end are, maybe listening, maybe taking some notes, but there's not like the, everyone involved is like really hashing it out to try to come to a consensus. It's just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem that 
useful to me, but I'm, I'm not sure what the alternative is. I've also been to meetings, you know, like hosted by the planning commission or something like that, where um, people get to engage in different ways. They like put stickers on maps and, and I don't know that that's very helpful either. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm curious to like try to come up with something different. And that's part of what the uh, learner circle is, to explore the different answers, to explore the different solutions. And in fact, thank you for talking about that, because that that reminds me of what I was thinking about, which is, I think, to, to be honest, a lot of what y'all are doing reminds me of engaged and solutions journalism with community discussions that we were trying to do in the beginning of Germantown Info Hub in person. And what happens is when you have a community discussion and it's around a specific topic that the community has already expressed that they're interested in, people get together in the room. They start, they start really connecting with one another. And even though the answer isn't at the very end of the, of the event, people start thinking that, that that they can possibly get to that answer. Uh, there, there's more ideas about the answer. There's more ways that we can look and explore those different solutions and things like that. And I think that's really what appeals to me about this learning circle is I feel like there's a lot of similarities with this, where even if it's a discussion um, and people are might be saying, well, this isn't exactly a tangible kind of organizing this is the first step to a campaign that could be, okay, now we saw what that, what folks did in South Philly. How do we twerk that and make it work for Germantown? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's hard to know what exactly to ask for, like what's realistic. Cause you know, you're still working with developers. So obviously like there's, developer interest of making some money. So yeah, what what can the community ask for? Well, it seems like I've been seeing new development lately everywhere. When I was living on West Rittenhouse Street, there's a new apartment complex going up right in the lot of a parking lot. And it's really small. A really small lot, but it's a apartment complex that, that that's going to be built up. And I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to figure out what are some questions that the housing committee has been thinking about with all this new development. Webb, I know you've got some thoughts. I, 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 um, I, I live at Wayne Schoolhouse, and mm-hmm. there are three housing developments within a block of each other. All of a sudden, you know, and the question, my question is how? Like, how is that possible? You know, just in the in the idea of, of, of like parking and more people using the space, how is that really possible? And all of a sudden, it's like three of them are going out like, who who will be first? You know, so I just don't understand the how of it. And who gets who gets permission? Because they didn't ask me. Mm-hmm. So, who, yeah, who, is that part of the process? I, and then 
you know, like you, like y'all were saying with different terms, when I was learning about the Germantown high school um, development stuff, I didn't know what a community contract was. In fact, I don't even think I'm saying it correctly. Oh, like C- a community benefits agreement. Thank you. CBA. I didn't know what that was. And um, I think that I might not be the only one. I feel like there's probably some people that might not know what that is. And do they ever work? Yeah, that's I think that's a question in our learning circle. I'm pretty sure we have one or two articles maybe that are about the community benefits agreement tool. Um, And I, I know that one of those was attempted through the Germantown High School redevelopment, uh, but I don't, again, I don't know, it didn't seem like it really um, went all the way, you know, it didn't go through. I don't, I don't know exactly what happened there, but, um, but yeah, that's a tool that I guess we want to explore and see if it does have potential. Um in theory, it makes sense, but I don't know if it's, and I've heard of it being successful in places, um, but I don't know if it's different from state to state or city to city, if it can be enforced. Um, I don't know. And I wonder if there's examples of, of um, development that also takes, uh, takes into regard um, parking the parking situation, because that's a big thing for folks in Germantown, definitely. And the other piece that we don't talk about a lot is the power of the council person of allowing certain developments in or out or, you know, so you can work as hard as you want sometimes. They may squash your whole idea. So we we, we may have to do some education about that part of it too. And I think also just the idea around even what an RCO is. So I didn't know what an RCO was until I actually started working at an organization that had an RCO. And I'm 25. And I started working at that organization when I was like 23. So to not even know what that is and to know what power that brings, but then to also know that those meetings themselves can be very intimidating because people also don't actually teach the things, you know, or even have the discussions that y'all would be having in those meetings. And so people can come, not necessarily know what's going on, still feel like they're making a difference and like voicing their opinion. And that still not matter for reasons that we've listed in other things. Just another thing, you know. Well, you're exactly about. right, Rashid, because I didn't know what an RCO was until uh, Nicole, who was our community reporter, wrote up an article about it. And, uh, you know, I didn't grow up in Philadelphia and I didn't understand what RCO organizing meant. I didn't know exactly what what all the zoning variances meant. I'm still learning about that. Yeah, another thing, um, I mean, just in terms of like people showing up to meetings and feeling comfortable. um, I mean, I don't want to make a blanket statement about the RCOs of Germantown, but like historically, RCOs are very um, uh, homeowner driven. And so if that's kind of the, um, I don't know, the main sentiment at the meetings, and like a lot of the meetings I've been to, that is the sentiment, then if someone who's a renter or is, you know, interested in 
housing that's affordable to lower income people comes to the meeting, like they're not gonna feel very at home there. Um, so that's another maybe problem. And they're also tense battlegrounds too. So sort of like how y'all were speaking about the Germantown YWCA meeting, I have seen RCO meetings where developers have brought in like 50 people to intimidate folks. Like mm -hmm. they are very vicious things that people walk into with no idea that they're going into and then like can easily scare somebody off. And that's not just talking about Germantown. That's just because that wasn't the organization I work for. Um, but just in general, like somewhere else in Philadelphia, in the city of Philadelphia, I've seen that happen. Yeah, that definitely sounds intense. And it definitely would scare me off because I, I definitely lived on a block that I was one of the few renters and felt like I didn't have much of a say in, in the block. It partly could be my own intimidation, but you know, I totally agree with that. And um, yeah, understand that. Yeah. Um, how can people join this initiative? Oh, <laughs> Um, how do they join this initiative? Um, well, we have a Facebook group. Um, if you go to facebook.com slash great G town, um, you'll find our page. Um, we have an email address. I'll be honest. It is not checked all the time. <laughs> um, but it does get checked, greatgtown at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we're, we're kind of a, I don't know, we're a community or a collective, um, kind of a member-based group that has different projects. Um, and so sometimes we have events or things that are more open to the community. And then sometimes we're kind of just moving along with our existing group and doing our own thing. So um, yeah, you, you can reach out and someone, you will, get some response <laughs> through either those, the Facebook or the um, email. And, and yeah, this learning circle is starting um, in March and I think we're gonna do it through June. And I don't know, maybe something we should talk about is, um, I mean, not tonight, but maybe through that process, maybe our group should talk about having like a bigger learning circle. If this is a topic that other people would wanna learn about, maybe we do some, bigger version of it, or maybe it's some kind of partnership with um, InfoHub or I don't know. I think we should definitely stay in touch with y'all because here at Germantown InfoHub, we are definitely about learning and definitely about exploring solutions. And I know some of the things that we're working on right now will be community discussions around affordable housing. So we will definitely stay in touch with Great's Housing Committee. But before y'all go, Webb, you, re you recently wrote a poem about gentrification and Germantown, and I would love for you to share it with us today. Yeah, like I was saying before, one day I, I walked out my apartment building and this building was coming up. Like, oh my God. So this is the name of the poem, poem is The Question Is. The question is, where do you want me to live? I see new construction down the street. Corner boards have been replaced by dog walkers wearing earbuds pushing strollers. The fresh new coffee shop has just opened up in the old barbecue joint. Oh, how I long for a rib dinner. 
Trash cans have, have, have appeared on the avenue. Now, garbage has some place to hide. Who knew? People who do not look like me are seen jogging in the street. Are they visiting or what they say? Old Lady Jones moved out the other day. Where or where does she go? Will I be next? Being me is beginning to call too, too much now. My lease need to be renewed, but can I? I want to stay, but it could be cheaper to go if go is a place indeed. Anyway, can I stay with you? <laughs> yes. Definitely amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Did uh, either of you have anything else that you wanted to share with us today? The struggle is real. <laughs> <laughs> and will remain. <laughs> I want to thank you both so much for joining us today. Thanks for thank having you. me. We're going to take a short break.
listening to the Info of Hour right here at Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM, WGGTLP, Philadelphia, and online at gtownradio.com. We take you back to our host, Malik and Rashid. Thanks, Dom. Now it's time for our reporter roundup with Rashid, where they will share happenings around and of interest to Germantown. Thank you for that, Maleka. First up, for our residents, I have information about the mandatory dining vaccination policy for Philadelphia. Yesterday, after a press conference held by our city health commissioner, it was announced that the vaccinations and negative COVID-19 tests are no longer mandatory for restaurants and businesses like hotels, skating rinks, and sports complexes. There is a four-tier system to determine what could constitute heightened precautions in the future. The first is extreme caution, which would put the vaccine mandate back in place and would not allow for a 24-hour test to bypass. This would go back into place when two or more of the following things happen. There's an average case count of 500 or more. Hospitalizations are 500 or more. The positivity rate is 10% or more. Or cases have risen by more than 50% within a 10-day range. The second tier is caution, which would allow a negative COVID-19 test to be done 24 hours in advance to bypass showing a vaccination card. This will go into effect if three or more of the following things are true. The average case count is under 500. Hospitalizations are under 500. The positivity rate is under 10%. And cases have not risen by more than 50%. The third is a mask only precaution, and that is actually what we are currently in, which does not enforce vaccination or testing requirements. This is in effect for the time being because one or more of these are true. The average new daily case count is under 225. Hospitalizations are under 100. The positivity rate is under 5% and cases have not risen by more than 50% within the last 10 days. And lastly, the final tier would be all clear, which means that masks, vaccines, and no testing would be required in any public place. This will happen if average new daily case count is under 100, hospitalizations are under 50, positivity is under 2% and cases would not have risen by more than 50% within a 10 day range. This system is designed to help the public understand how and why mandates may be put into effect in the future. And as I mentioned, we are currently under the mask only precaution tier. So right now you will only need your mask on hand when you are venturing throughout the city. We will update folks if there are any more changes. Up next is a very interesting project benefiting black homeowners in our neighborhood. The Green Street Meeting Reparations Committee is going to begin hosting legal clinics for black homeowners in the 19138 and 19144 zip codes. It seems they will do things like assist folks with real estate in a state, provide notary services, and they assist with fees for related legal filing, taxes, and other relatable needs. Material shared throughout social media says reparations is economic and spiritual repair for the intergenerational harms of slavery, Jim Crow, and their afterlives. 
It is spiritual work intended to address the theft and pillaging of black wealth for 400 years. This 2022 legal clinic project is about protecting and securing black wealth and redistributing Green Street Meetings resources to stabilize black homeownership. We hope it is one step in our pathway to offer and work for reparation to and with the black Germantown community. They ask that any black homeowners that are interested, please contact Green Street Reparations at gmail.com. Please be patient for their response as they are serving many, many, many people. Upon a response, they will do a more in-depth intake to understand your specific needs and how they can assist you. You can also keep up with the programmatic updates by visiting their Facebook page under Green Street Friends Meeting Reparations. Services will be offered until funds from the Green Street Quaker Meeting and other partners are exhausted. This is a great service for great neighbors of Germantown, I would say. Our final item on the roundup is the reopening of Philly Forest Germantown Farmers Market. The market will reopen on May 21st and begin to run weekly from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Before then, the market is accepting new vendor applications. They encourage all local food producers and artisan makers to apply for their 2022 season. Applications will be accepted until May 7th, and there is no fee to apply. Attendance options include weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly frequencies. Vending fees are paid monthly and cover possible participatory days. To apply for a vendor spot, you can visit phillyforest.com slash farmers market. Along with farmers market vendor applications, Philly Forest is also accepting community supported agriculture members. Members of the 2022 CSA will enjoy 25 weeks of local veggies, fruits, and herbs grown from the Philly Forest Farm. Philly Forest offers full-year, biannual, monthly, and weekly plans. You can check out some of the more of the perks of this program by visiting phillyforest.com CSA and clicking on their CSA handbook. And that is our reporter roundup for this week. And if you have anything interesting that you want to share with the community for their benefit, for any of the following roundups, you can feel free to email me at rashid at resolvephilly.org. Well, Germantown, it's about that time. If you have a story you want to hear covered, please contact us at gtown.infohub at gmail.com or you can text infohub to 73224 to start asking us some questions. Additionally, we encourage listeners to text the equally informed Philly text line, another program under Resolve Philly, which allows Philadelphians to gain access to information regarding Philadelphia's services. Equally Informed Philadelphia is a direct response to the COVID-19 pandemic and their work and their team works to bridge the information divide, reducing barriers for vulnerable residents who need trustworthy information to live and thrive in Philly. They also invest deeply in underestimated voices and community storytellers. Equally Informed provides a community-driven print newsletter and the Equal Info Line, a free bilingual English and Spanish question and answer texting service that also provides vetted local news and resources to subscribers. And that is about it. Remember, I am Rashida Jamu, a.k.a. Philly's Freedom John. And I'm Maleka Fruin. 
Thank you to Lindsay and Webb for joining us today. Thank you to our neighbors for listening and engaging as always. Thank you to Maleka for being my amazing co-host. And until next week, good night, Germantown.